What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Mid Combo Podcast. We back with another episode. Yeah, me and Paul were busy as heck, but we're trying to keep <laughs> up with these episodes. But we got a good one for you guys today. What are we talking about today, Paul? Yo, we're talking about expectations, boundaries, and red flags when working with potential clients and current clients. Yo, this is about to be a valuable episode for you guys who uh, have a hard time navigating those client conversations. Maybe you're feeling stressed out about some client projects. So let's roll that intro music and get right into it, boys and girls. One of my favorite things about being a freelancer is that as a photographer, as a videographer, when you come in a relationship with any client, you really have to set the tone for expectations in order to make sure that the project goes as planned. And um, that's one of my favorite topics to talk about when I'm doing my coaching. And also, Ed, we talk about this all the time. What are our, our expectations for clients as we go into a relationship with them? And then how do you communicate those expectations? Yeah, I know. That's huge, huge, huge. Like if you don't set expectations, yeah, your project can suck. The whole experience of it can suck. And so some of the few things that come to mind for me when it comes to setting expectations is don't talk about deliverables, anything on the project related thing until you talk about budget. Mm -hmm. um, like there's so many people that I know when they're first starting out, they'll, they'll dive into that kickoff call. They'll talk about everything they want the client. They'll hear the client out on everything that the client wants, like style, location. They'll even go as far as like creating some mood boards and all that stuff to in hopes to land them without even talking about the budget for one second. And hmm. this can be a huge, huge waste of time. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul, what is your experience? Have you feel like, I know you've talked about this before, but I feel like getting in the budget and locking in the prices, setting the expectation really early on will help you uh, like not waste your time because nothing's worse than doing all those things on the front end, then you find out that the budget's, oh yeah, we also have a budget of 500. Yeah. And you're like, well, that was a waste. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't agree anymore. I tell people that, and this is how I approach my clients that come in, is the project starts once the contract is signed. But also when we're talking about, you know, pricing and deliverables and all those things, my first question is, is, you know, what's your guys' budget? And what are you guys looking for? And then I also mm -hmm. make sure that I'm clear that it's a collaboration at the end of the day because they know more about their product and their brand than I do. And right mm -hmm. there, that's a great expectation to um, just voice to that potential client. So then they know that they have to put in work as well, whether it's providing mm -hmm. you with a shot list, whether it's sending you their brand assets, whether it's getting feedback to you um, quick enough so then you can hit the deadlines. So all those things are things that I keep in mind. And one thing I'll point out, Ed, it took me a while to figure out this, but there's expectations with timeline for the mm. client just as much as us as uh, you know the people that are creating the content. So one thing that I'll do is I'll say, hey, this is the deadline if you respond quick enough, or this is the deadline if you're able to get me the logo assets for the videos or mm. um, you know feedback on those edits that I sent over. Yeah, yeah. I think time is a huge one like you just said setting expectations on the deadlines because i'm sure we all have experienced it before but like those horror stories of just push deadlines or like the client expecting that you guys didn't talk about it and the client you have the shoot client hits you up two days later like yo so when can we expect content you're like fam it's been two days since we just shot like mm -hmm. and in your mind you're trying to deliver this like in a month 
and they're、mm. like expecting it in two days. And so, if you don't talk about those things beforehand, it's gonna make the whole process just dreadful, especially in post production.、Mm. And so, I think like we just talked about budget is a huge one, setting expectations on that, and then time. And going、mm. back to budget, just real quick, I want to share a little story. Like, working on a project right now, that car one we're working on. I told you about Paul, and like when they first reached out, I mean, he sent me. Like a Jeep Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> you know, and I'm like,、uh, okay, well, this is a great example of having to manage expectations, right? It's like, yeah, I'm confident that we can do a good job. We put together a crew and we do a really good job, but we have to make sure to let them know that, like, keep in mind that this this reference that you just sent is literally a Super Bowl commercial that's probably had millions of dollars of ad budget and production budget. So, like, don't look at inspo. And be a like when clients send you references or stuff that they look up to, like don't be afraid to basically just like humble yourself a little bit and just be like, hey, like real talk, like this this is what I can do and this is what I can't do.、Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one thing you don't want to do that I feel like a lot of people do harp on a little bit in the beginning is make it, like fake it till you make it or、uh, just just say you can do it and figure it out along the way.、Mm-mm. And I can confidently say, like running a business now for the past few years, that's just not the way to do it. If you genu if you genuinely don't feel like you could do a good job on it, don't take the project. Or if you still want the project and you want to add it to your portfolio, hire someone that knows exactly how to do that project and outsources or get like get like a contractor to do that work that you know that you can't do. But those are the kind of things I think you need to manage, which is like the quality of the work as well, which kind of ties into the budget. Yeah, you just pointed out something that I've learned from you, and it's asking questions that will help pull out. Um, you know what you need in order to set expectations, and、mm-hmm. one of those questions that I'll ask on discovery calls is: send me over your mood board, or send me over an example. Like you said, they provided you a Super Bowl commercial, so you're able to say, "Hey, I'm going to set expectations right now. You can't expect a Super Bowl commercial out of your budget. All right? But if you want to <laughs> increase your budget, then let's talk." So I、yeah. think that's really good, and. If you guys are curious right now, based off of what Paul just said, if you're curious about what questions Paul be asking on these discovery calls, we have a podcast episode. You need to go back a few. It's called "Asking the Right Questions." Go check it out. Hey, that's a good episode. Yeah, so good.、Um, and to be honest, I like to tell people that it's on us as the creative freelance business owners to set the tone for the expectations. I like to include a lot of those things、um, in my discovery calls, which are typically over Zoom or a phone call. I'll never have the conversation over an email when it comes time to pricing and budget. And then the contract is where I list those things. So if there's things that I want to make sure are clear that we had in our conversations, that's also written, just so we agree on it. I'll put it in the contract. So then when they sign it, if I ever need to reflect back on it, because maybe、mm. there's some sort of、uh, miscommunication. I'm like, listen, we talked about this already. So make sure that the contract is in,、um, it, you know, that you guys both sign the contract before any project started, and that your expectations and obligations are listed there. Yeah, yeah, definitely put as much as you can in the agreement or contract because I know sometimes too in the beginning when I was first starting out, like I would talk about them, talk to the client with the, about the deliverables and the scope of the work. And I would just put that in the agreement, like, okay, here are the deliverables, here's the price. Do we agree on that? Sign. But then, yeah, like Paul said, like then a lot of things come up sometimes in post or during the production. Like, oh, you said that on our call we could do 
this and this. And I'm like, no, we didn't talk about that. And then I can't even refer back to the contract because there's nothing in there like details wise on that stuff. So mm -hmm. that's huge. That's a huge, huge tip. Put as much as you can in the contract, especially if you think that it could be a potential, uh, a potential block or a potential problem when you get down to the production process. Love that. And yeah. the question that comes to mind is, we're in a position where we're starting to bring on gigs and projects where we want to outsource some of that, um, some mm -hmm. of those roles, whether it's me taking on a project and outsourcing video. Um, mm -hmm. When that client is used to working with me, maybe on retainer where I'm shooting video and photo, and then all of a sudden I flip the switch and I start bringing on, let's say, mm -hmm. you for video, you know, we had, you, get a, you get to a point in your creative career if you want to turn into more of an agency or more of a full-service creative company where you need to reestablish expectations with your clients and say, hey, although you're hiring me, just want to let you know that there's other people on my team. Do you want to speak on that for a minute? Because I feel like that's something that we're both kind of going through is mm. we're having to reestablish expectations with some clients and some people because we're growing just as, as they're growing, we're growing, which means mm -hmm. that we can't be the ones doing everything anymore for all our clients. Yeah, yeah, honestly, that's... That's definitely a pain point, uh, not a pain point, but a growing pain, I guess you could say that. I think, I think it's common going through. I think it's common with wedding photographers that bring on associates. <laughs> and I've always thought about <laughs> I mean, <this> dude, <laughs> where I would be kind of bummed if I hired Ed to shoot my wedding. And he's yeah. like, dude, I'm so excited. My buddy Michael's about to show up. He's my associate. I'd be like, yeah, you're joking. <laughs> well, that's. <laughs> but, but the that's... thing is, is they set expectations. Well, I mean, I think, I think the associates that this is, this is where I think it goes into the quality of who you hire. Right. Mm. So like for me, outsourcing, whenever I outsource and I'm talking to clients, I let them know that there's going to be a team involved. Of course, mm. when they first reached out, probably similar to you is like, they saw your work and they were expecting to see you holding a camera on set and you shooting and you editing, because that's what they hired you for, or mm. that's what they first inquired you for. But I think all business owners can respect the fact that like, even as creatives, like we are a business owner as well. And in order to scale your business, you need to involve more people. You can't always be a one man band. And I think that is like, no one will say anything about that. They'll respect that portion. But this is the kicker. I think the way to overcome and expectations on the hiring front is just hire people that are better than you. Like hmm. that's, that's the thing. Like if you get people who like a client who's like oh okay well you're not gonna be shooting video then who's shooting video and then you tell them like oh yeah it's so and so or you 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 give them confidence that who you're hiring is gonna gonna like achieve the best outcome possible mm -hmm. it gives them confidence versus like risk you know that is like, so good if you hire if you try to like th this is why i think you and I are big on this, but like we want to hire good contractors when we're trying to hire our crew for a project. Like, yeah, we could probably get by with like saving more money and then hiring someone who's who can kind of do the job, but then you will have to direct a lot more. Um, but what you're going to end up happening is the client will end up not as happy because they mm. know that you could have done a better job. You're going to have some money, but you're not going to have a lasting client. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you hire people who are better than you, you will have a little less money but a client who's stoked and a team that you're starting to build and you'll be able to have bigger budgets moving forward because it's just better quality wow. work. Um, so that's kind of my take as far as expectations on the hiring front mm. Would or you, outsourcing. Just to kind of cap the expectations portion of this. I mean, I think 
you got to be a strong communicator uh, mm-hmm. when working with clients mm-hmm. when it comes to expectations. You got to be clear and concise. And then also you need to be confident. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that's the three C's right there. Because Ooh, if you're not, okay. you're going to run into a position where the client doesn't trust you. You're not meeting their expectations. And also you're too timid to even set expectations. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's good. That's really good. Hopefully you guys took something away from that expectations portion. Let's dive into the second part though now. Like I think mm. often like me and Paul are talking about like we want to talk a little bit about boundaries mm. because there's expectations, but there's also a measure of like setting healthy boundaries with clients. Mm. Um, so like in my opinion, when it comes to working with clients, if you don't set boundaries, that's when you start working like it's tough to grow your business if you make everything around the client because mm-hmm. then you start doing things that are like honestly not in your wheelhouse and i think that's when you don't do your best work like you got hired to do a job do that one thing really really well set the boundaries for everything else so that you're not burnt out by other aspects of the project that you totally got blindsided by like wow. what are some what are some boundaries that you know you'd be setting for some of your clients that you're onboarding yeah i mean from the start i set the boundaries with how we are going to communicate. I say, we're going to do one Zoom call, uh, which is typically a discovery call. Um, You know, if they sign me on, we're doing a pre-production call. But other than that, I'm telling them that I'll respond as quick as I can during normal business hours. But we're not going to hop on a whole bunch of phone calls or Zoom calls Mm. just because that takes up a lot of time. And also... That's something that I include in my contract is how many Zoom calls we're going to be doing. That's a part of the project cost because you got to get paid for your time. But Ed, one thing that comes to mind with boundaries is sometimes I'm just realizing with some clients, I don't blame them for like stepping on over boundaries because I forgot to share my process and how I work and how mm-hmm. I am going to um, you know, tackle this relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Because you can't expect that they know your process and how you operate. So that's something that I'll often do and kind of start out with before we even sign a contract is I'll say, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm an extension of your business. I want to be your content partner. I'm there for you. But at the end of the day, I need you to trust me, give me creative control and know that I am going to do whatever I can in my power to make sure that this project is going to be a success. Mm -hmm. So just by saying that, they're like, oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I don't know. That's just like one thing that comes to mind when it comes to boundaries. How about you? Yeah, I think for me, boundaries are definitely set in the communication parts, like you said. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, in the beginning of my business, I would say like the earlier years, I felt really bad when mm-hmm. I wasn't able to get to an email right away or I wasn't able to hop on a call right away. Or I wasn't able to um, do something that was a little bit like kind of a tall order by like the client, you know. Um, but then I realized at the end of the day, kind of it is does tie in boundaries and expectations kind of closely are closely related. But at the end of the day, like you have to take care of yourself and one client is not going to be like it shouldn't be the indicator for your entire business over the span of a year. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like the boundaries part. You know what I mean? Don't let like one bad client experience set the bar for you. And likewise, on the flip side, don't let like one really, really great experience expect every client to be like that. You got to set those boundaries from the communication front, making sure like that they're not just walking all over you. You know what I mean? They can't <laughs> just like call you 
I've had sometimes where clients would just try to slack me or email me or something and it's like five in the morning and they're and then they kind of be throwing shade that I'm not getting back to them and it's like 9 a.m it's like dude no that's called Mm-mm. boundaries like don't feel bad because you didn't get back to their 5 a.m like email mm-hmm. you know like it's hard in the beginning when you're trying to grow your business but then I've realized at the end of the day it's a lot easier to set boundaries when you feel like you are the one providing the value when like you that. When you realize that you're the one providing the value, you feel like you have the cards in your hand. It's too common that creators, or sorry, businesses nowadays will like flash some numbers in front of some creators and expect them to like bow down and do everything they ask them to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, we live in a creator economy now. Like we have the power. Like all these brands and businesses, they need content. Yep. They are the ones in a deficit. Like, and it's really hard to find good people who do good quality work at a reasonable price for photo and video. Hmm. And so I think right now, once you flip the switch and you realize that like they need you and you don't need them, I think it's a lot easier to set boundaries when you get hmm. to that mindset, you know? I like that. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like the biggest one is communication. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I've never had any issues with clients stepping on my toes on set because Mm -hmm. they're typically not on set. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I will say that I used to work at an agency where, to be honest, it really put a bad taste in my mouth when on set the client didn't like entirely trust me, uh, even though that we we had worked together prior. And they started Mm -hmm. stepping on my toes a little bit. So I should have set boundaries with roles because Mm -hmm. they were trying to control the situation when I was the one that was directing. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot of boundaries that can be put up in order to make sure that the relationship's healthy and that you don't need to get to a point where, you know, things go sour. And just as Mm -hmm. much as a contract's important with expectations, you can actually set boundaries with your contract and say, the only way that I'd like to communicate is through email. Great. Because I just, I just ran into a similar situation, Ed, where I had a client that was texting me, WhatsApping me. Instagram oh, DMing yeah. me and then emailing me. <laughs> no, that can't happen. <laughs> oh man. So that I'm like I'm like this that that's not it. I yeah. I just want to call out to I just saw on Instagram. There's an entrepreneur that I follow. I'm good friends with him. His name's Taylor Brown. And he actually is the former owner of Actaware. Mm. He just posted saying that as an entrepreneur he's made the um, decision with his wife that he would be done with work every single day at 5.30, which is so cool that he set that boundary in his life and in his work. Because as entrepreneurs, it's easy and we often run into clients thinking that we're available on the weekends because sometimes we shoot on the weekends. Yeah, and, um, so true. I've run into situations where clients are like, hey, we sent you something on Saturday and you didn't respond. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's the weekend. Like, yeah. So I've started. And you shouldn't feel bad about it. And you Mm -mm. shouldn't feel bad about it. No. Yeah. So I applaud him for for that. That's awesome. I'm even like setting boundaries. I feel like we need to do that. Yeah. I need to be like, okay, at 5 30, when that time hits 5 30, your boy's going golfing. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of hanging with your wife, it's golf. (laughs) (laughs) But dude, honestly, it's something that goes, you know, like people don't want to talk about or it just doesn't get talked about enough. As entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. it's hard to push um, stop or it's hard, it's hard to, uh, you know, set boundaries yeah. for your own schedule and also with clients. So 
I think this is all super relative regardless of whether you're a creative freelancer or you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we could probably talk about that in a whole other episode about just um, setting those boundaries in terms of your internal boundaries, right? Like with your own time and your own energy. Like this is something that I've been feeling a lot lately over the last couple of weeks and month or so. Honestly, like if I really think about it, the last like year probably, just, mm. just like how I think like especially if you like to work and you're you're entrepreneurial like you always feel like it's justified like you always make excuses for yeah. yourself like you always make justifications on like well, why you're overworking or why you took that project on or why you're working on the weekends like you make it make sense for yourself all the time yeah and then i'm realizing that like before you know it like you're missing out on a lot of things that you actually do want to do you know it's okay to like not be working like you're but, missing yeah, out we, on golfing <laughs> exactly Dude, I'm gonna, bro i'm gonna shoot taylor a message and maybe get him on an episode where we can talk Dude, all things um you know all the things that yeah he realized while he was growing his business and then selling it and now starting something different so yeah let's get him on the podcast we'll do that should we talk about the next kind of pillar of this conversation yeah yeah so we've talked about expectations setting expectations setting the right boundaries let's go into some red flags though hey like, if you see some of these red flags, don't even start the expectations or boundaries conversation because you shouldn't even work with these types of clients, to be honest. Mm. So what are some red flags that we can go into? Like, what are, what's like one red flag for you? We can kind of go back and forth. Yeah, I think one red flag. And again, it depends at where you're at in your business because I found that there was a lot of red flags when I first started, which I simply felt like I had to over-communicate, convince, and then educate. Mm -hmm. But red flags for me is... Someone who comes to me and is, first of all, they don't value content enough to pay for it. That's mm. number one. Because no matter where the conversation goes, no matter how much I talk to them about content, if they don't value it um, enough to pay for it, then it's a waste of time. And also, I'm building a business. So I'd say yeah. one red flag is they're probably not a good client if they don't value content. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. If they don't value content, that's huge. I think for me, a big red flag is probably just um, having really large or tall orders and constantly reiterating that they're trying to be on the budget. Mm -hmm. Like, don't work with clients like that, or at least really try to think about it a lot because I've been in a lot of situations where they'll constantly say like, we wanna do this, we wanna get this uh, track, or we wanna get this location and all these things, oh, but, yeah, we're trying to stay at this budget. It's like, mm -hmm. you're going to run into problems because they already in their mind have this huge expectation of a video or a photo set that they want, but can't afford it. And they're going to, that's like, you're setting yourself up for failure right there because they're not going to provide the resources and they're not going to be happy with what they actually get because they're not paying enough money for it. So mm. that's a huge red flag for me that I would definitely consider is like figuring out, uh, their budget relative to what their literally their desire is like what their dream project would look like let's call them the penny pinchers yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and to be yes. honest like i'd say ever since i started pursuing clients in general from back in the day senior portraits to now brands mm -hmm. i've had a fair share of those clients and guess what that's it's fine to say no um mm -hmm. don't discount your services yeah and Another red flag too, just real quick, would probably just be um, don't work with clients. A red flag for me is someone who like absolutely does not know what they want. 
those mm-hmm. are kind of wrecked. Like in the beginning, I would take on these types of clients. I'm like, oh, I'm a, I could, I'm a creative. Like I can help them strategize what they're looking for. And uh, we can talk about that together on a kickoff call or on a pre-production call, whatever. You make excuses for it. Then mm-hmm. I realized those are just nightmare conversations to, to, to go through because you're literally walking in the dark. Like you want to work with a client. They don't necessarily have to have pre-production done, but you want to work with clients that have a general idea or a general sense of where it's going, what it's going to look like, what kind of models and aesthetic are they going for, like a general idea. And then you can double down on that. You don't mm. want to work with clients that are like, hey, you're you're the creative. Pitch mm. me your ideas. It's like, no, fam, like give me <laughs> what you want at least a general direction. So then we can go from there because you're going to get super stressed out. You're going to go back and forth on a ton of tons of creatives. They're going to basically power trip and just give you all the desires with like zero direction. And you're going to be just burnt out before you even start the project. Wow. That's good. Red flag. I think that one goes hand in hand with a red flag that I want to touch on. And it's a red flag is a potential client that comes in or an inquiry Mm -hmm that thinks that you are their entire marketing team. Uh, mm. that's, that's literally saying, hey, we're gonna hire you, but we better get results. And let me tell you, I've had to tell clients before that have come through the door, potential clients, I should say, mm-hmm. that have been like, hey, listen, we've been burned before, we wanna work with you, this is our budget. Um, can you tell it, like, are we gonna get results by working with you? That's what we wanna do. Mm. <laughs> And I've learned to say, hey, listen, I am just one piece of the marketing pie. Uh, You got to have an ads person. You got to have someone on your team who uh, really crushes customer service. There's so much more. There's email marketing. There's SEO. Um, So that's something that I have found is a red flag. And to be honest, I've said no to some pretty big projects because the client or the decision makers come to me and said, hey, we're relying on you for a really successful launch of our collection. Mm-hmm. Hold up. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm not someone who does ads. I'm not someone who's going to write your copy. And also, I'm not the one that's designing your website or greeting people when they walk into your store. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good red flag to point out. Yeah, yeah. Just to build off of your point, too, I like that a lot because... There's a lot of times when people or clients will try to like, they're trying to set their own expectations on the front end and they'll be like, yeah, trying to get that out of you, like that answer out of you, like giving you that, uh, they want the confirmation from you that the content that you capture will work. And it's like, you can't guarantee that. And I always tell clients on the front end, it's just like, you got to let them know whether the content works or not is not in my wheelhouse. I will make sure you get high quality content, but whether that works or not, that's up to your marketing team. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely, I think like you turn it into a strength. They might look at that and be like, oh, wow, like, okay, well, I'm trying to find someone who knows both. Mm-hmm. So what you can say is I have a background in creative strategy and I understand what works in the market, which is why we create content that we think will convert well. But Well, you got you got to that's the expectation part. You got to like set that aside and let them know like, hey, well, we can't guarantee any results from the like sales side of things. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's that's a red flag because like you're going to set yourself up for failure. Just like Paul said, you got to set those boundaries because you got hired to do your job. Don't like he said, like, don't wear all the hats they're asking you to do if they're not paying for it, especially, you know, Mm. that's good. 
Yeah. Uh, I think one of the last red flags I want to touch on is if your values don't align with theirs or if their values don't align with yours um, and you have a really bad feeling about the relationship after that initial conversation, whether it's the email, phone call, Zoom, however you have it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. I can look back at all the projects that I had a really bad feeling about before it even mm-hmm. started, but I was like money hungry or I needed the money mm-hmm. and I needed the client work. So I'm like, do you know, let's do it. Those projects literally go down in the books for some of the worst projects I've ever been a part of. And to be honest, there was so many issues that happened, whether it's them not paying invoices on time, whether it's uh, you know them trying to essentially communi- like over they <laughs> take up too much of my time by constantly wanting to be on phone calls, even though we had all the details ready. Mm-hmm. So values are important. Don't work with a brand if the values don't align with yours. And then also, if you have a bad feeling about the relationship from the beginning, don't go mm-hmm. into business with them. And that's something that I need to say, because guess what? We're not going to get along with everybody, which is fine. But if you're already dreading the project before it begins, that's a red flag. Don't do it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a really good one. I think one of my last one of my last red flag would probably just be, I mean, there's a ton, but I think just to con- make it concise in this episode, my last red flag is probably going to be if clients try to lock you in on anything specific with like non-competes or like oh anything my like gosh. that. Jump. Yeah. <laughs> like don't it like obviously when you're in a specific niche, right? Like you're going to work with a lot of brands and businesses that are probably selling very similar products or selling very similar services. If you ever get a brand or a founder or something like, hey, I, I trust your vision. I want to give you creative freedom. But, you know it's important that you you don't work with any other brands in the in a competing industry because we don't want similar looking content or some bs like that if you get clients like that run far away because they're mm-hmm. trying to lock you into something at a cheaper rate without making you an employee of their company wow don't work with companies like that i've been in situations where brands will try to get you to work with just their type of or their brand in that specific niche and it's like no because by saying yes to that client you're saying no to all the other clients and potentially just getting you know bad bad relationship building with one that you're trying to build right now Mm. so that's a huge one um don't don't work with clients that are trying to get you in any sort of like exclusivity or non-competes and this honestly this tip right here with the red flag on that that goes for when you're running your production house or if you're a videographer photographer but this also goes into like pretty much any area of business like Mm -hmm. partnerships YouTube sponsorships, brand deals, influencers don't ever get into a non-compete unless A, they're paying you a crap ton of money for it, or B, you genuinely love their brand, love their service, and you actually wouldn't even think about using any other brand or service, like like willingly, mm-hmm. you know, then it's okay. But don't get, I, dude, it's crazy. Like brands will just try to slip that in there real quick. They'll try to oh, put it you got to read the contracts. Yeah, you got to read the contracts. Don't read the contracts, even if for like little small gigs, you'd be surprised. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. My wife just ran into that with a, <laughs> a brand that um, she was creating content for, for their social uh-huh. media. Uh-huh. And um, she was required to post the content that she created, which is, yeah, it's common for her because she kind of does influencer stuff too. Mm-hmm. But they said that, she can't post any competing brands within a month of their posts. And it was in like super fine writing in the contract and she, she didn't oh, see man. it. So make yeah. sure to check those contracts because the last thing you want is to 
honestly, maybe even get into a position where you're getting sued because <laughs> you didn't read the yeah, contract enough. It's true. It's true. Protect yourself, guys. Protect yourself. Hey, dude, we touched on, I think those are some good red flags. And just as an yeah. overview, this entire episode, I think is valuable because we touch on all the things that I think are important to look out for and also to communicate in order to have a healthy relationship with your clients from mm -hmm. expectations, the boundaries to red flags. Um, ultimately, I hope these things will strengthen your business, regardless of if you're a photographer, a videographer or influencer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Make sure you guys do the things that we talked about in this episode, because if you don't, we're basically trying to help you avoid train wrecks, dude. Me yep. and Paul both have been in less than ideal situations with clients, and we're just trying to share those tips so you guys don't make the same mistakes as we did. <laughs> uh, so hopefully you guys found some value in this episode. Make sure to go check out our other episodes that I believe are just supplemental and complementary to this episode. Um, we just mm -hmm. lost. We just launched one on boost your confidence. We, yep. we like to say it was uh, boost up that ta Tatiana. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, if you guys have any topics that you would like us to touch on in upcoming future uh, episodes, yep. make sure to drop us a DM or an email or even a comment on our podcast episodes because um, we want to make sure that we speak into what you guys are looking for. Yep. Follow us at Made Combo on Instagram and hit that five star review. We'd really appreciate it. We do low key work. Those are climbing, by the way. Like, yeah. On Spotify, on Spotify, it's a no brainer. If you're on Spotify right now listening and you haven't done it yet, it literally takes two seconds, bro. Just go to our podcast, click the star icon, and leave the five stars. You don't have to even write anything. We love the it feedback. Literally, dude, it takes two seconds and we really appreciate it. And yeah, now I'm talking a lot. So let's end the podcast here. Let's get it. <laughs> Peace, guys. <laughs>